This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I have the founder of Entrepreneurs in Recovery, Jesse Harless on the line. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Hey, Michael, how are you? I am great. You founded an organization called Entrepreneurs in Recovery. What's that organization all about, and and why did you feel it was important uh, to launch this organization? Yeah, I launched Entrepreneurs in Recovery back in 2017 with a mission to elevate the lives of people in addiction recovery who are lost, stuck, and lack direction to gain clarity in order to live a life of purpose. So that was the mission statement. And so then it was mind mapping what this business was going to look like. And in the beginning, it was really just, um, um, this is even before there was any, even a <laughs> actual entrepreneur's recovery. This was more like, what is this going to be before I leave my job and go all in to live my, my passion and my purpose? And it looked like, you know, okay, I might do some coaching and maybe some, some maybe different types of facilitation, but I didn't really have the skill set for facilitation. Then I ended up getting the skill set for facilitation through a training called Exchange. And when I did that, that's, that's, when, every, that's when the doors blew off because I, I finally had a method that I could take into treatment, that I could take into that population and help them. So today what Entrepreneurs in Recovery looks like is it's actually a training uh, company and, and workshops that I conduct in, in structured sober living homes, in treatment centers, and also... Um, you know, with the, the, the people, the leader facilitators that take my training that then go into domestic shelters or um, one person's actually going to be using it with the vet, with veterans. And so it's really exciting. No, it's amazing work that you're doing. And, and, and I agree with you, you know, the facilitation component, I think is something that a lot of uh, coaches uh, don't invest enough time in because it, you know, leading an individual or leading a group um, is two different mechanisms, for example. And uh, if, if you don't have, you know, that training background uh, and being able to lead a group or even lead an individual through a journey uh, to help them through it, um, sometimes they can make that uh, coaching experience a little bit more challenging, not only for, for the coach, uh, but also for the people that are receiving it. So, you know, obviously your, your, your mission is to you know, transform, you know, lives of, you know, 5,000 men and women in addiction recovery. I want to dive into the training component though, because I think it, it as you indicated, when you launched the business, you know, over two years ago to where it is now, you, things have evolved and you notice that, okay, this is something that I should shift the business this way uh, to focus on, on the training side of things a little bit more than I think when you first launched the business. So uh, you know, talk about that journey a little bit and uh, specifically, you know, how you, how you seeing the training component of the organization really making an impact in these people's lives. Yeah. Great question. So I, so when back in 2017, when I left the job, it was really like, okay, I have this mission, you know, I, I, I 
you know, I just knew I had a heart for serving. So how could I do it and actually still pay all the bills? Right. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And, and it was really, to me, it was, it was going to be like life coaching, write a book and then like promote the book and then, you know, try to just try to just make it. And, and like I said, in October of 2017, I took a training. And so in 2018, I started to do these one hour workshops and these one hour workshops were based on the training methodology, the different ideas. And just to be clear, like what I'm saying is uh, positive psychology, emotional um, intelligence, um, new science, um, appreciative inquiry. Th those are the types of operating systems that I'm playing with in these groups, in these addiction treatment settings. And so I would go in and, and plus real life addiction experience. I, I'm someone in long-term recovery for the last 13 years. So it was combining all these things and really listening to the people's voices. And that was the most important thing for me was to get the voices of the people, not the late at counselors, not the professionals. I wanted the voices of the people who are struggling with addiction to help me to co-create these workshops. So in the beginning, it was experimentation. And so I would run, I, so, so the 60 minute workshops would, would take someone through their story. Stories are, are so critical to connect to. So we would connect on stories and it could be a, a story of resilience or it could be a story of excellence. And then from there, we will tap into strengths their own strengths that help them to overcome the difficulty. Then we would crowdsource those strengths as a group or as a community. And we start to see a small community forming in these groups at these locations. And so they start to learn from each other. And from there we build uh, an empowering statement or affirmation, and then we set goals. So that would be an example of like an early day in the beginning workshop. And I would run these, uh, multiple times a month. And what would happen is the clients, you know, some of them I'd get to see again and I'd ask them, Hey, how's it going? I know you're in one of my workshops and they'd be saying, Oh, well, well, I've been visualizing, I've been setting goals and I just got a new job. And I was like, Whoa, like, you know, so I started getting these responses that I was like, well, how come they weren't doing that before? And I realized there was a gap in knowledge. There was a gap in information not being transmitted. And I said, wow, if we can really just bring this type of you know, conversational structure design with this type of uh, education, but, but education they experience and then reflect back upon, they'll actually be learning. So the early days were just the workshops and not really getting paid and <laughs> just doing it pro bono and, and just, just creating it, co-creating it. Eventually a treatment center said to me, you can't come back unless we pay you. And that's when the epiphany went off in my head. I'm like, wow, like, and then, and they were like, how much is it? And I'm like, wow. And I had to like co-create, like how much is the price? How much is it going to be? And you know, I got my first $500 paycheck for doing this work in December of 2017. And that was just like, that was just affirmed everything. I still have that check actually on my fridge, just as a reminder of where this started. And so in 2018, I just continued the workshops. I continued life coaching. I was also life coaching people, not just in addiction recovery, outside of addiction recovery. You know, people, what I find is people in addiction recovery, we have, we need so much self-care for all the damage we've done that a lot of people who are not in quote unquote addiction recovery come to us and say, hey, can you help me with my, to get, uh, fix my habits or help with my habits? And so I coach a lot of people who are not in, you know, quote unquote addiction recovery because I believe we're all recovering from something, but, you know, specifically drugs and alcohol, they're not, you know, recovering from. And so... I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but in 2018, that's where the workshop started. And then from there, um, so just to kind of get, I know I'm talking a lot and this, this is a long segment, but 2019 January is when someone came to me, an entrepreneur 
um, came to me and said, Hey, I need you to train me in your, in your work, in your workshops. And I said, well, I don't have a training. And she pretty much looked at me as like, that's not my problem. I already sold your work. <laughs> so you have to train me. And so that's when this like, wow, I can train other people. So I trained her. <clears throat> she went into an intensive, um, outpatient treatment center and she's not even someone who struggles with addiction herself. She just had a heart for serving women as an entrepreneur. That's what she does in her business. And she went in, she ran my workshop and it was a smashing success. And that just gave me this idea. And I mean, they even offered to pay her. It was, it was a very powerful experience for both of us. And so from there I said, you know what? 2019 is the year of entrepreneurs recovery training. And I'm going to train, you know, health professionals, leader, leader, um, facilitators, change agents who want to bring these workshops into any social impact group that they feel like serving. And so it really picked up fast. And so 2019 has been a year of, uh, is really, a, it turned into a training company. And so much there to dive into. And But one of the things that really jumped out at me uh, was the fact that you involved uh, those that were in recovery in the design of what was to be offered. Uh, too often I see this in so many different industries, uh, including healthcare, which is uh, the, you know, the last industry that I worked in before venturing out into my own stuff, uh, was we would design how to navigate the healthcare system, how, you know, what kind of referrals would work and who would go where and all of that kind of stuff. But 99% of the time we never involve the patients in the discussion mm. and they're the ones that have to go through and navigate it. And the, it's again, I see it in every industry, not just, you know, picking on healthcare, but I see it in a lot of cases where things are being designed, but they don't take into account the actual consumer of what would be or who would be using these uh, training services, for example, and the fact that you involved them from you know, the onset uh, paved the way to to get to the success you had. And then, of course, you know, the story of, well, that's not my problem. That you don't have a training. You're going to have to come up with one because um, I already sold it. So you might, you might want to start building it right now. That's, that's a funny story. And actually that, that, this speaks volumes to the, the, the no like and trust factor that that individual had in you and being able to deliver what she needed for, you know, the work that she wanted to do. And, and that goes a long way. Um, and in the fact that you've, you've taken the initial framework of your organization to help people that were in recovery of some addictions and expanded it to, people that are recovering from all kinds of different things, trauma, PTSD, uh, bad, you know, bad working environments, relationships, all of these things, all these, all these things that uh, people deal with on a daily basis uh, mm -hmm. and, and helping them recover from it uh, so they can be successful in whatever venture they're in uh, is, is amazing. And, you know, the next, you know, the next question I have is with, with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, I mean, we, we've seen, in the last you know couple of years, and I anticipate over the next you know decade or so, just an amazing amount of people that are going to venture out on their own. They're tired of the nine to five, and you know they've got a skill and a gift that uh, they can monetize and and be able to make impact in in the people that they serve. But I, I find that oftentimes these individuals 
get in over their head or maybe they jump too soon and they end up having to work some really long hours in order to make uh, ends meet and, and be able to you know, accomplish what they want to accomplish. So, you know, what's, what's been, you know, your experience uh, in dealing with those kind of people and what are some things that you do to help them? Yeah. I mean, so since I kind of took the plunge, you know, left a career, 13 year career at the top of my career, literally, I mean, I was at, I was at the highest place I could be at the time. And I was at, I, you know, I felt like I was going to, going to go, go much higher. And so for me to leave, it was really a shocker, I think to everyone, but again, I was following I was following what was in my heart. And so, you know, the scary part is, you know, okay, well, okay, I can listen to my heart, but what is that? How am I going to pay the bills and take care of my family and, you know, all that thing. So I think that what's, what's important is that when someone is going to make a decision like that, that there's actually, a, there's actually some type of realistic mission or some type of, they don't have to have their whole purpose figured out because uh, purpose can evolve, but you know, what, what is it? Who do you want to serve? How are you going to add value? And then how is that going to actually be able to sustain your, 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 your bills that you have today? So that's kind of like what you want to look at. And for me that I try to answer that question with, with life coaching, because I had had experience with, uh, you know, a little bit of therapeutic work. I was at master's mental health counseling and, but like, the reality is I wanted to coach. So I kind of had to learn that and, and get training in that. So what I would recommend is before you jump, make the jump, you should probably get some, some type of, I'm not saying you have to go to school for four years. What I'm saying is you get some type of specific training based around maybe your strengths, what you're good at. So you can drive home that unique ability. And like, for me, I knew that one thing I was really good at was coaching people one-on-one. I knew that. And I said, okay, well, how do I really bring that out. And so I, you know, I got a, you know, I got, I got a small training in that. And then also, um, you know, I I took a huge risk doing the facilitation training, a very expensive training for someone who is just, who just left his job. So, you know, so I, I would say really think about what is that mission, really mind map that, what is that mission? What is that, that business that you want to start? What does it really look like? And are you going to be able to wake up in the morning and just jump out of bed because you're so excited to do it. And if you're not, you might want to rethink of like, maybe it's not the right time to leave my, this stability right now. So really like I knew it, it was like, it was strong. You know, I'd shared this with very close friends um, who are are entrepreneurs and they said, that's it. You know, just, we believe in you. And that's what I needed. I just needed a little bit of that encouragement and I needed a, you know, to take some financial risks with training. And so um, it paid off really, really big, but, you know, do that, do that type of, uh, inner work first, really ask yourself, what is it I'm good at? What is this mission that I have? Cause if, for me, if the mission is not greater than myself, it's not going to sust- be sustainable for me. So, uh, I knew this mission was a lot bigger than me. And I knew that, you know, I knew I would, <laughs> I knew this would get me out of bed in the morning. And so that's what I would consider. Well, that's great advice for anybody that's thinking about going into something and, you know, really, really getting true to yourself and, 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 and not use, you hate your job as motivation, although that is a, an element of it, but ultimately when you go out on your own, um, you're, you know, when you want to yell at your boss, you're yelling at yourself and you're looking in the mirror going, okay, I'm all of this. And, 
is that purpose and mission of what you were creating? Is it strong enough for you to, you know, to get up and say, let's go. And, you know, for me, you know, in the work that I do, yeah, you know, I mean, every day, I, I literally have to, because I talk about burnout and boundaries, I have to establish boundaries for myself to say, no, I'm not going to work on something on a Saturday morning. I'm going to just consume coffee, have some breakfast, enjoy the day, uh, maybe watch some sports, and really purposely not do it because my desire is to, okay, let's work on this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And this is going to be the, and it's all great things. It's going to help, but I have to rein it back in. So for me, that tells me, it's like, okay, I'm definitely operating in the right space for me because it's something where I'm like, I can't wait to do this. It's driving me nuts that uh, that I'm not doing this right now. I really want to do it. Where um, if you don't have that as a passion, um, then again, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but take a deeper look into it and go, okay, is this something that I'm willing to invest the time and effort in the long haul? And, you know, going back to what you said, you know, when you took that training, I mean, shortly after you left your career, you know, that, that's, that's a scary moment too. You're like, okay, I've got, uh, no income and all outcome, as I like to say, and it's this is an expensive, you know, training to invest in me. But you viewed it obviously as an investment in, in yourself and your business, and and it definitely paid big dividends uh, for you. And that's always something I recommend to people too: is you know get you know, get the right coaching for what you need to get you to the next level um, more efficiently than if you stumble along and, and kind of do it yourself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. And, and, and I can tell you too, I did have a coach. I did have a, a life coach and I had a coach during when I was at my, in my, in my job. I had a, no one knew that. I didn't tell anyone I had a coach, you know, that was not anyone's business. It was for me because I knew that I wanted to excel at my job and I just listened to my gut and it said, get a coach. And I got a coach. And then Eventually, when the coach helped me to hit the goals at the job, I built courage and self-esteem to be like, eventually what happened is I hit the highest goals I could possibly hit at my job. And it was definitely with the help of you know, a, a life coach. And when that happened, I said, well, what's next? And that's, that's the question I would be po- that would be posed to me. Well, what's next? And like, it just was a natural thing that like, you know, I... I, I I could feel the pulse of what was happening with the opioid epidemic and and just things that were happening here in my state, New Hampshire. And I just was like, well, what's next is me doing something about that. That's next. And so what did I do? We, We brainstormed that with the coach. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really important too when you're getting started is to have that support, you know, someone that you can just share with and they're not like your, your brother, right? Unless he's a coach or something, but, but someone that is like, neutral. Like my coach doesn't know me. I don't know her. She lives in another state, but she's a great coach. And, you know, we've worked together for a while. So that was huge too, with that, the confidence to make the jump. And, and again, that training that I invested was not only expensive. I ended up doing that training four other times. So I think that's important too, that, you know, once you do it once you're not done, you know, I keep going back. People ask me, man, you've been to that for like five times. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to another 10 times because it, it keeps sharpening the tools. And that, and that's something that I think a lot of people forget too. They, they think, okay, well, I've, I've learned how to do this now. 
I, uh, I'm good and I don't have to study it again. No, there's the great material, the stuff that you know you get growth from um, is, is something that you're investing in it again or something that's along the same lines that, that you know, may you know, teach you something different. But as you described, you know, you've gone to this training uh, a few times and you continue to learn from it, which tells me that uh, the group that's you know, providing this training is constantly updating their content and improving things as well. Um, so even though you've been through it, there's new things there that's going to you know, get you to grow. And also too, you're in a different space. So now you are more aware of a different level than you were before. So you're going to pick up on things that you didn't before. They may have been there. You just, they you may have just kind of glossed over in your training, but I've seen that time and time again with the stuff that I've done is, wow, I, I didn't see that. And you'd go back to the old materials. So I'm like, oh, wow, it's there. Um, I must've been in the bathroom or asleep at that moment because I completely missed that. But now you're, you're more aware of it because you're at a different level and you, you, your brain picks up on things uh, at a different speed than they did before. Yeah, absolutely. It's like reading a book, you know, when you read it the second and third time, you're like, I didn't even see any of this before. And it's, it's the same idea. Every time I go back to this training, it's just like, I, I heard the same thing 10 times, but this time it really, really stuck. Yeah, and, and that's crucial in, in any type of thing. So uh, with all the people that you've worked with, um, do you see some common traits uh, with people that um, at first is kind of a roadblock for them and then ultimately uh, you're able to get uh, them either through that roadblock or around it so they can continue to grow. Is there a common theme or a couple of common themes that you see? Yeah, I think that a lot of people in this population have really negative stories about themselves and it kind of makes sense because society labels them and it's, there's a lot of stigma, a lot of shame. And so because it's, there's so much stigma and shame in this, there's, it's really easy to just, you know, have that self-talk be very critical. Um, and so I think that one of the biggest things is changing the conversation about yourself. And I think that's really where I started to see people uh, change was to leave the workshop, you know, and then pursue a book that would talked about in the group or pursue uh, a, uh, an action plan or goal that someone shared in the group and, and do it for themselves. And like, even like something is, something like cold showers might sound crazy to people, but that with someone who has been through active addiction and literally gone through hell to be able to, you know, wake up, take a cold shower, uh, maybe practice some meditation. That's a game changer. I mean, that can just set the course for the whole day for someone. So it's these little things that I really started to see help people is these really small habits. And that's when I saw the lights going for people and they were just better equipped for their day. And that being better equipped for your day means you're better equipped for your life. So that's where I started to see it is, is like they saw this interaction happen in these groups. They heard and shared goals in the, in that community, not like outside, like in that community, like what's going on, what goals do we have? They heard different perspectives and then they, 
I think it it's easy to start to when you when your when your community is talking and sharing and crowdsourcing strengths and goals. That's different than when the government, the treatment center, your parents, society is telling you about what to do. And, you know, it's very different. So you respond differently to those people because you, you, that's your community and you actually see people take action. And I think that's what's really important. But so to go back to the changing the story is, you know, we, we all have this running conversation in our mind and it's not always positive. So I think like really one of the things I focus on in my workshops is changing that self-talk because we're doing a lot of talking. There's a lot of pair sharing. There's a lot of large group sharing, group sharing, but really we're all, we're talking about positive. It's, it's igniting positive story sharing. It's not all positive. That's not the point. It's just, that's what it ignites. It, 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 it's, it's conversations worth having. And so I think that's really where I see it is you can see the language start to change and people start to take small habits. I mean, that's it. That's how I can study this is I don't have any um, peer reviewed journals yet for this work that will come in time. But for now, what people tell me is, you know, I'm so grateful you talked about that book, the miracle morning, or I'm so grateful you told, talked about, um, you know, meditation for five minutes that I didn't have to do 30 minutes in the morning. Like I start with five, like that was what's really ha what's happening is those ideating those goals that are shared in the groups. And I think that's because ultimately to change the story and the conversation about yourself, you have to take action. You have to do something differently. No, it's, it's, it's great advice. And you know, the fact that you know, you're focusing on, on self-care, which is definitely something that is desperately needed in society today, um, and I see it all the time with people that are, are stressed and burned out, is they just they quit taking care of themselves. And before we go, I, I do have to have to ask one other question regarding the cold showers. Now, um, if when I recall, you and I are both in the bald brotherhood group, so we 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 have you know shaved heads and all of that. I've never shaved my head with cold water, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, how does that work? Because usually I use warm water. Now maybe you do shave with hot water, uh, but for me, I'm, I'm like, how would that work? Would that work just as well or not? Yeah, like I didn't put that in my book, like how how to shave your head with cold water, but because I, I honestly don't. I mean, I, I, I shave my head in the sink. Um, I mean, I could do it in the shower. Uh, I've never really tried it with the cold water. Maybe I'll try it. But yeah, as you know, the cold water is for everything else except shaving my head. So I guess that's one of the things you don't want to take a cold shower for. There, there you go. But no, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the cold shower as well. I, I, it, for me, it, one of the things it does is it, 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 it grounds you and it reconnects you and you feel, I mean, you feel alive, quite frankly. Um, and it's like, okay, you, your senses and awareness and everything else. Um, and, and also too, it, you know, it, it's, it's a good way to conserve water consumption as well. Because uh, I know some people can stand in the shower for you know, a long time and, and empty the hot water tank and you get the, uh, the uh, anger from uh, loved ones because there's no hot water in the shower. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to do it. So love our conversation today, Jesse. Where can people find out more about you and the awesome stuff you're doing? I would go to recoveryfacilitation.com. That's the best place. You can reach out to me there. You can check out a video of the work I'm doing. So yeah, recoveryfacilitation.com. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Jesse, thanks again for connecting. Uh, great to chat with you and, and, and thank you for all the awesome work that you're doing. You're helping a ton of people and it's making a huge impact in the world. Thanks so much, Michael. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.